0: It is time for the knowledge of the morning, the genuine knowledge. Um, We're joined this morning, I'm pleased to say, by uh, Mark Hinton, who is a highly, highly respected and very experienced journalist uh, these days with stuff. Uh, JD, John Day, of course, uh, my producer, and the voice you're hearing in the background from time to time uh, is also going to be the second part of the panel. Uh, First of all, good morning to you, Mark. Uh, Welcome on in. The news uh, has just come through this morning of this massive deal Uh, which will benefit, we are told, the NBL uh, in Australia and maybe uh, a bit of a a feed down to the breakers as well. What do you make of this deal?
2: Yeah, good morning, Smithy, and thanks for having me on and congratulations on on being part of uh, something pretty special here, getting sport back on the airwaves 24-7. That's Absolutely wonderful, and gives me something to tune into outside of popular music in my car now. So I'm very happy, Smithies. <laughs> um, yeah, the NBL deal, uh, the NBL deal, is really significant. It, look, it's not as significant as the All Blacks deal with INEOS in terms of money, but uh, this is a, this is a league that didn't have a TV rights deal. Uh, the the only sort of mainstream professional sports league in Australia that wasn't bringing money in, you know into its into its coffers and 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 to its teams via a TV rights Still, look, they've finally got one. It's not massive. Uh, the the NBL owner talked about sort of the region of 15 to 20 million, but it's a year, which, you know, I guess we might laugh and say that's not massive, but when you're talking about distributed amongst the whole league and teams, et cetera, it's not huge money. It's not what the football codes in Australia get, but it's a start. And look, they've said uh, some of that money um, will filter down to the teams, and that's absolutely massive because, look, these um, you know, these people that run these professional franchises like the Breakers in New Zealand under Matt Walsh and his, his consortium of mostly Americans, um, this costs them a lot of money, and, and they, they don't have bottomless pockets. Eventually, they're going to say to themselves, you know, um, it, you know, does this make sense for us? So they have to see some money coming in. Some money will finally come in by the TV rights deal for the Breakers and the other nine clubs in the Australian NBL, and that has got to be good for for them and for the sustainability of the league. So, yeah, it's, it, it is a bit of a watershed moment for this Australian NBL committee, which is really growing in popularity and in, in I guess, status. It's now recognised as one of the top basketball leagues in the world outside, of course, of the NBA. Uh, this is a big step in the direction to keeping it uh, uh, in that position.
0: What, what kind of money are we we're talking about? Has there been a, a figure officially announced or do you have a ballpark sort of figure in your mind?
2: Well, the the owner talked about them wanting um, or chasing uh, in the region of fifteen to twenty million dollars a year, um, and he, you know, he wasn't giving anything away because they don't these days around these commercially sensitive deals. But he said we came away happy with what we got. So you got to figure it's in that region, fifteen to twenty million dollars. Um, that's to be divvied up uh, in terms of the league's operating costs and then amongst the teams. So when you when you start. Uh, you know, cutting the pie into little pieces, fifteen to twenty million dollars doesn't necessarily go a long, long way. But it's a starting point. So um, I think when you're looking at, at sports like the NRL, um, the AFL, um, even rugby in Australia, you know the, the the numbers are much more significant than that. But but look, you've got to start somewhere, and they're they're on board with ESPN. ESPN they pay their top presenters, in America Smithy, and this will this will get your attention. Five to six to seven million dollars a year that's their presenters their only air talent so this is a company that has some money and you're going to think if you're the Australian yeah. NBL you can make inroads with them you know they've got they've got the sort of pockets that could eventually bring the paydays that could would really make the sport go somewhere.
0: Thanks uh thanks for making my day Mark I'm just taking my headphones <laughs> off and heading down the pub and it's only uh 10 and I'm dry July as well so Uh, That's great news. Uh, John Day is is with us this morning. Uh, Your take on it, uh, JD, uh, on that deal, and perhaps lead us into uh, INEOS as well, uh, because it's been a morning of endorsement announcements and
1: deals. exactly. No, I'm interested to hear Mark's thoughts here, because he's um, an expert um, in basketball and the Breakers. I'm just thinking the Breakers need that money so bad, uh, given what's happened with COVID. I know we had the NBL Commissioner just before saying that they made some payments to the Breakers in terms of uh, COVID relief for last season. But playing a whole season, basically, I know they had a few games at the end, but playing a whole season away from home has got to hurt. And these guys are are competitive. They're businessmen. The guys who own the Breakers, they want to make cash. So this is pretty big. I thought it was maybe ESPN, Mark, maybe globally. Um, But no, it's not with Americans. And Americans won't be watching NBL. Is that the way it is?
2: Um, I'm not 100% sure how that works, but I know that the New Zealand NBL has a deal with ESPN in America and um, and it's broadcast on their platforms, possibly their digital platform, and they have such a massive, massive reach. So you you have to think that, it, you know, it might not be making the main ESPN channel in America, which, of course, covers extensively, their, you know, their major sports and pays billions of dollars for it. But uh, um, it, it'll be in there somewhere, JD. And, and um, you know, for example... Um, these, these um, American coaches who are recruiting young Kiwi basketballers, they're seeing them play via, via coverage, you know, on these platforms. Um, you know, I was talking to the young uh, um, schoolboy from the um, Huskies, Zach Riley, he's going to college in America. He's got 15 colleges chasing him. He says, these coaches are watching their games, on e- uh, the New Zealand NBL games on ESPN in America. And, you know, seeing it in broadcast quality is it, a lot different than seeing dodgy, grainy, you know, home home filmed sort of uh, video stuff. So uh, the exposure um, might not be on the number one network, but it's there with, with the ESPN. It will be massive.
0: Seems like old news, uh, Mark, but let's stay on the basketball subject. Um, Stephen Adams, Memphis bound. What do you make of that?
2: Yeah, good move for Stephen, I think. He... Just that any move was possibly a good move for him. He wasn't in the right situation in New Orleans, Smithy. Um, uh, just just with the balance of that team and and you know and, and where they were wanting to go. Obviously, their main player, Zion Williamson, um, their franchise player, um, likes to operate in the paint, which is where Stephen also likes to operate. So you know, in the, ter- in the sport of basketball, is not always room for two to to tango in one spot. So um, Stephen was kind of marginalised in New New Orleans, I think, and um, so. Potentially a good move for him if he stays there. You don't know. This is the NBA, and this is the wheeling and dealing time of the year. We've got the draft coming up. Um, there's a lot of um, more movements, more deals to come. So let's let's see if Stephen stays in in Memphis. But I think it's a, it's a much better fit for him in terms of um, him being able to express himself as a passcorder on the court, get the ball, um, get the ball in positions to score to get the ball in positions to make a difference and also, you know, play the game we know he can play. So, good move, but let's, uh, let's keep a, a watching break because this is the NBA and your home today might not be your home
0: tomorrow. Absolutely. I've ne- I mean, it's only when you see someone like Steven Adams chop and change uh, so readily, you just get a, a, a real clear picture of just what a volatile industry is and uh, I'm not sure, they've got a lot of money, those blokes, they could probably buy a house wherever they end up but uh, you would want to a- put uh, too many belongings in there for too long for some of them anyway they seem to change so readily we're coming up to the news very shortly JD I I hope Mark can stay with us because there's a a couple of subjects we might just start this one uh, before the news actually Shannon Frizzell John uh, how do you feel about one match suspension is that enough in the modern world you wouldn't think so,
1: Smithy. Um, yeah, and to backdate the one uh, to that Highlanders game when Roger Clark came out and said, no, nah, he's not being stood down because of the incident. He's being stood down because of, uh, you know, the just that he's distracted. Uh, it's a distraction for him. So it's better for him to be away from the squad. That's the way that match ban was painted uh, and so to come out now, after the fact, of course, it's always good after the fact, isn't it, with New Zealand rugby. So they never front footed this situation. And now he's going to miss one game, essentially, uh, the All Blacks test against the Wallabies in the Bledisloe Cup. And maybe he wouldn't have even played that anyway. Uh, so Akira Ioane probably the, the guy in the number six jersey at the moment who's in form and in the, the incumbent. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it seems like they're not making a big stand when it comes to this sort of stuff. Uh, when it comes to players uh, and the off-field incidents. He has pled guilty. He is going to get diversion. So it wasn't a a, a a massive incident, but still one which I think deserves more punishment than just one test match off that he wasn't going to play anyway.
0: OK, well, that's interesting. Uh, we've been getting uh, some texts in about that. We also got a lot yesterday uh, on uh, New Zealand rugby's soft-dish approach uh, over the years and whether people like uh, Seve Reeson that uh, were punished enough Uh, in the long term anyway. Uh, Mark, uh, it would be great if you could stay with us for another few minutes, because there is a subject too emerging out of the Olympics, uh, which has already uh, been uh, on the table, I guess, and that's uh, the effect of profile and pressure on young female athletes, and uh, in particular, Simone Biles pulled out of an event midstream last night to let her teammates down, effectively, Uh, and Naomi Osaka also uh, getting knocked out in the early rounds, Of the tennis, of course, she was uh, one of the the pin-up girls being in Japan, uh, and she wasn't able to handle the pressure of that match last night. So that's a subject that we'll get some debate on with the panel after the news here with Trudy. Big talk, big opinions. The panel.
1: 10:33
0: here on SCNZ, and it's part two of the panel. Uh, Really privileged to have Mark Hinton with us this morning. Uh, His uh, knowledge is. Uh, well, it's and it's just broad. It's so broad and deep uh, uh, over a number of years, accumulating it. And uh, so uh, his word is gold, as far as I'm concerned. John Day, perhaps not quite so gold, but uh, he's with us anyway. Um, Mark Hinton, uh, Shannon Frizzell, uh, your take on, on that, the punishment, is, is that severe enough?
2: Uh, no. Uh, in, in a word, I think New Zealand rugby's, you know, taking the... Uh, softly, softly approach here. Look, I know their, you know, their empathies and their sympathies lie with their own players and, and they handle these guys with kid gloves. But they, at some stage, Smithy, you know, I, I, I don't know what you think, but surely they have to send a message to these guys. The courts are reluctant to, and I understand why. Um, you know, they don't want to ruin a young man's life. was, You know, that was his first offence and all that sort of thing. Um, I understand. I kind of get that. But, you know, for... I think your sport is on a bound to, to, to draw the line in the sand, to, and also to, to I guess, um, set an example, if you like. I mean, no one wants, you know, no one wants to be the one that set the, that set the example of. But the sport has to sort of say enough is enough. You know, we can't have you guys um, going out and transgressing like this. You know, you are role models. Um, you are professional athletes. This isn't good enough. Um, and, you know, something more than one match to miss one match. I know that'll hit him in the pocket a little bit, maybe. But uh, it's, to me, it's not enough of a uh, suspension. It's not enough of a statement to say, um, look, this wasn't good enough. Uh, to, and, and to send a message through the sport, you know, to players. And they might not necessarily think that in the in the heat of the moment and, uh, after a big night on the grog or whatever. But you know, these these young men need to learn their lessons. Look, we see it in the NRL—the frequent offending. The NRL doesn't really come down hard enough, in my opinion, on these guys. They have they have to get the message, Smithy. That that would be my opinion. I don't want I don't want you know I don't think the book should be thrown at someone for their first offence. but they have to learn that there's accountability for their actions. Yeah, and one match just not enough for me.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, actually. They had some problems, you know, the Highlanders this year. They had party at Joshuani's as well, those uh, regular occurrences, so it, it wasn't an easy uh, year administration-wise in terms of discipline for the Highlanders, but I, I think I'm with you on this, and, and I'm a little bit surprised that I haven't read anything this morning uh, from um, maybe one of our female journalists on, on the fact that uh, that's uh, too light a punishment. Ineos, Ineos of course, uh, huge. Uh, and uh, promotion of sport around the World, America's Cup, the Mercedes uh, sponsorship as well, and Formula One. And now, John Day, they are part of the All Blacks, and uh, I'm, I'm just amazed that we haven't already heard something from the likes of Chloe Swarbrick over that, because these boys make plastic and chemicals. Yeah. Um, so, really? Yeah, my
1: inbox has been uh, full actually leading up to this. Um, I think Greenpeace were onto this. They knew it was coming, and so they just wanted to flag to everyone uh, that Ineos are the bad guys uh, of the world. You know, they're the ones making the plastic, doing oil exploration, uh, all the causes of all these global warming problems we're having in the future. So New Zealand rugby are not getting a lot of great press at the moment, are they, Uh, with the way they deal with their players, and now signing on uh, potential polluters of the planet. But I know INEOS are very keen to put, go on the front foot here saying that they're committed to zero carbon emissions uh, in accordance with the Paris Agreement. So they, they want to kind of dampen the flames, uh, so to speak. Um, but I'm not sure that's going to work. I, and New Zealand rugby are just more and more looking like bad guys. And that's why I think, you know, the black caps are the people's team these days. They're all positive, nice guys. All blacks are kind of suffering when it comes to the people. I, I just don't think they're as popular or as likeable as they once were. Or
0: well, is that just us, Mark? Is that just us, us cynical old journalistic types uh, looking at this? Uh, are we are we looking too deeply into Ineos and this major sponsorship following on from AIG for the All Blacks? No, I, I don't think we're looking too deeply, Smitty, because I think, you know... Um, you know, I think you
2: know no one's above reproach when it comes to these things, and this is a company with a, you know, with a questionable record. Shall we say? There's a term called fracking. You might have to look that up and make sure you spell it right on, on your Google search because you might get some surprises. But uh, you know, that's <laughs> another one of their of their practices that you know everyone frowns upon. You know, JD mentioned the you know the plastic, petrochemicals, and all that. I mean, this is a company with a, a bit of a history when it comes to um, not exactly protecting our planet. So, yeah, it, it, you know, no one's above reproach, but make money walk, but money money walks, money talks, and the other thing walks when it comes to these uh, situations. Look, the All Blacks have, uh, have signed them to a six-year deal. It's, we're talking about the money that the NBA is getting from ESPN. This will be eye-watering money. It wouldn't surprise me if it's over a hundred million dollars. Um, you know, in the hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, this is a big-time sponsorship, and New Zealand rugby. You know, I guess we've got to be careful here where we where we draw lines. And New Zealand rugby needs money. We want our players to be kept in New Zealand, and for um, and and to be, you know, rewarded um, as professionals as they should be. So for that to happen, they have to bring money in. Um, there's only there's only um, two or three avenues for that. And one of them has been denied them by COVID. So they're under a hell of a lot of pressure, as you know, Smitty, to um, balance the books, to bring money in, to bring revenue in. Um, and if any of signed the right sort of number on the cheque, I think they're willing to overlook anything. And in this case, they have overlooked a lot.
0: Yeah, not to mention the pressure from uh, Rob Nicol, I would imagine, as well. He'd be, I imagine uh pleased to know that they've signed a deal. The players will, will benefit from that. There's no uh, secret about that either. Uh, look, just finally, Mark, there's an interesting scenario coming up, uh, I feel now, out of uh, the Olympics, just emphasising it more to the point. Uh, Osaka, Naomi Osaka, who's withdrawn from events anyway. She withdrew from some from tennis majors and some big events because the pressure was just too much for her of living up to expectation. Uh, she's bailed out in the quarterfinals in, um, in Japan. And, and also, this a bizarre story of Simone Biles, who's the pin-up girl of world athletics and uh, I would say of the USA Olympic team pulling out of an event uh, midstream on her teammates because she just didn't feel up to it and she felt she might let them down and she wasn't in the right zone. What is that
1: about?
2: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Look, we have to tread really carefully here. Whenever you mention the subject, mental health and mental well-being. It's an area where you have to show a lot of empathy and a lot of respect, isn't it? And let's face it, Smithy, the old world of sport that that you and I played in back in our days, um, it doesn't exist now. You know, we we, we, we have to be aware of um, of you know of what's going on around us and and, and the mental health of, of everybody. So in many ways, you you have to admire Simone Biles' her, her stand on this. Look, she she didn't feel up to it. And and she was big enough to take that step and and to withdraw herself. Look, it's not weakness. It really isn't. And, and and it's it's part of the modern world, as you touched on with Naomi Osaka. I mean, it's easy to to I guess it's easy to stand uh, apart from it and say, oh, and question it, I guess, and say, you know, they're sports people. It's what they do. Look, there's a lot of pressure on, on everybody. And I think I think we have to allow these these sports women and men. Um, to to admit when they just aren't handling it. I, you know, it, I think it's a strength. It's not a weakness. And I admire Simone Biles for her stance. I don't think anything less of it. She's got the gold medals in her cabinet to prove that she can front when it matters. And I think she sent a really, really strong message with this. And I think Naomi Osaka, too, to a to a slightly lesser degree, also sent a strong message with her decision that if you aren't feeling up to it, if you feel things are getting on top of you, take a step aside No, no one, well, not no, no one because some people will always have something to say on that smithy but generally I think people will support that so well done to Simone Biles, well done to Naomi Osaka and if, if, if it helps a young, a young woman or a young man um, who is struggling for, with whatever and they see these people admitting their own struggles, if it helps that one person maybe take the right avenue as opposed to the wrong avenue then their stance would have been worth it
0: a well done to you too, Mark Hinton. I'll make you a promise, here: You'll be back on the panel uh, more often than not because uh, I really did enjoy uh, and value your thoughts this morning. So uh, thanks for joining us. Uh.
1: It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three
0: and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au
1: now.